Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Hi everyone, welcome to this special finale feedback edition of Dissecting Dexter. As you know, I'm your host Gareth Watkins and today I am coming to you from the mobile studio deep in the heart of rather grey and cold North Yorkshire, England, um, where I am having to do my one day in the office between Christmas and New Year. We're taking it in turns within the team to man the office for a day. Uh, so today is my day and of course I'm taking advantage of my lunch break to talk to you guys. Um, did you enjoy Christmas? How was it for you? <laughs> uh, it was, uh, we, we had a good one uh, at home and uh, the kids were spoilt rotten as they always are. In fact so much so that Samuel, our six year old, turned to me and he said I think Father Christmas was, uh, I, th- I think he brought a bit too much this year Daddy. Um so uh, yeah, I guess we sp- <laughs> I guess we spoiled them a bit too much, um, but hey, you know if you can't spoil your kids. <laughs> so um, we had well, we've had Christmas Day and Boxing Day. It's the twenty seventh of December today, and uh, the two sort of Christmas holiday days were were spent at home with family. Uh, we had my in laws on Christmas Day, and my own parents and sister came yesterday, and uh, a lovely time was had by all. The kids behaved themselves, which is always, which always really helps. <laughs> they're they're good kids anyway, so um, don't get me wrong. But uh, you know what? It, well, any parent will know what it's like when you when you're in the house with the kids, and you want. You know, you may just want to knock around in the house. Maybe the weather's not too great. Maybe it's Christmas Day and you just don't want to go anywhere. Um, but kids don't always think like that. And, and quite often they'll only tolerate so much of the same four walls before they start climbing them. And they want to go out. Um, but fortunately, our two didn't reach that point. So <laughs> I think they had so much stuff from Father Christmas that um, they, well, they almost didn't know what to play with first. So, yeah, there was spot for choice for for things to do and lots of family to do them with so that all helps so yeah a great christmas time and uh, as i say i hope you guys enjoyed yours and um ate plenty and drank plenty and made merry and all that good stuff uh, so it's back to business today with uh talking about dexter and the finale in particular of course since i last did a solo podcast uh, we had the the finale uh, finale review come conference call come skype call or whatever you want to call it uh, and once again thank you to mike lanick and matt battles and nick henderson for joining me the other evening uh, to talk about the finale as a car drives away from beside me um thanks for that <laughs> uh and uh Oh, we went on for nearly three hours. I think the final duration of the the edited podcast was one minute shy of three hours. So, um, quite the epic podcast, and uh, I, I think it broke the record for the longest dissecting Dexter to date. Whether we'll outdo it for next year's finale, um, well, who can say? <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks to to those three guys for joining me. Uh, we we really. Uh, 
I think we really did the finale justice and covered all the all the key points. Certainly, I've not had any emails or voicemails from anybody to say, you didn't talk about this. What are you? Call yourself fans? <laughs> Nothing like that. So I take that as a good sign that we, we covered all the important stuff. And goodness knows, in three hours, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> the show itself was only, what, 55 minutes long. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's good to uh, to get people on, get different opinions and voices, and and um, we'll just let people talk. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Right, so yeah, today it is the feedback edition, and I'm going to go through everybody else's feedback relating to the finale. And, and there's some feedback that covers the season in general. Uh, we've got lots of voicemails, quite a few emails as well. Uh, one or two first-time contributors, which is always good. Um, so let's get straight into it, shall we? Here we go. Listener feedback. We kick off with a voicemail from Matt Murdock in St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> Here we go. Here's Matt. Hey, Gareth. It's Matt in Missouri. Hope all is well over there on the other side of the pond. Uh, as you know, I've been listening to the podcast for a while. I, I don't often take time to submit feedback on this show because there's been times when I've been away from it and then I have to try and catch up, but I am caught up with this season and I saw the season finale and thought I'd offer just a, a couple of notes of, of feedback. The first thing I thought I'd say is just about the finale itself. And, um, I have to be kind of honest. Um, it, it felt a little lackluster to me. I did like the fact that Hannah got away or would seemingly get away. And, and um, I guess that's possibly going to be a um, a season eight plot line. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's considered wrapped up. Um, The fact that she's out there doesn't make it too bright for me. Unless she's, you know, we're going to hear somewhere that she's made it to Argentina. The whole Debbie... um, choosing to shoot the captain. I just, that was kind of telegraphed, like from the moment she was at the shed to me. Uh, I didn't feel any tension in that at all. I felt the writers could have really surprised us if she would have actually shot Dexter. Um, maybe not a mortal wound, but, uh, you know, that, I thought that would have been a much better way to end it. it I don't know. It just felt a little, the whole episode felt just a little lackluster to me. Um, and I, I guess there was the big issue of, you know, quote unquote, the code or not, you know, whether he was going to do the code the, the way, but it raises all kinds of things now. And I f- almost feel like that what Deborah did is going to be Dexter's undoing. I mean, what about the ballistics in, they can determine that it was her gun that fired it, right? 
not whatever gun that uh, he was going to have Hector have. It's it just, you know, on top of that, you know, pretty convenient that she goes and hugs the captain right after she shoots her. You would think she would get blood all over her dress, yet she walks back into the party with seemingly no blood on her dress. But that's that's kind of a Matt's tomato. Anyway, um, the big thing is is the ballistics. I, I think that uh, she ended up making things worse, which I guess is something to ponder for whatever hiatus we have until Dexter returns. So let me just kind of give some quick thoughts about the season on a whole and Sorry for the length of this. You can cut it up any way you need to. But I thought the first couple of episodes were really strong with the Dextra and Debra stuff. I thought that that was, like, just super awesome. Um, I really liked the Isaac storyline. I thought that that was really good. I liked the Hannah, the Hannah storyline um, for the most part. Maybe not the table thing, but, oh, you know, bygones. And... uh I wasn't nearly as disappointed about the whole Lewis thing as everybody else was, but uh, the way this this whole thing went down with uh, with Laguerta, I just I, I I didn't like that. Um, didn't like the way that resolved. Anyway, this episode on a scale of ten, I'd probably give it you know. It was good, an eight episode, an eight maybe, uh, out of ten. Um, the season as a whole, I would give an eight out of ten. Um, certainly not as good as some seasons that we've had of Dexter, but um, better than others. Uh, and no season of mine, I think, ever ranks below a seven, really. So I'd have to get into decimals to really shake them out. But anyway. Thanks again for your great podcast, man. I'll be listening. Take care. Thanks, Matt. It's really good to have you as a listener. Uh, I should give you a little plug, actually, uh, to the listeners. Matt is very much a seasoned podcaster. Uh, He hosts Podcast Winterfell, which is a Game of Thrones podcast. He's also one of the co-hosts of the Once in a Blue Moon podcast, which you can find on Heath Solo's Filmlist feed. I don't know if you guys, well, you'll remember Heath from a few weeks ago talking about the infamous um, Dexter and Hannah episode when they did the deed on the kill table. So you'll find Matt on there. And he also hosts the new Homeland Field Division podcast, uh, which is obviously talking about the Showtime series Homeland. Matt is one of the the nicest guys in podcasting, uh, a true gentleman amongst podcasters. And uh, so it would be nice if uh, if listeners would perhaps uh, check out some of Matt's work on, on the other podcasts and uh, show him some love there. That would be good. So uh, cheers, Matt. Thanks for the voicemail. Hannah. Yes. The door is open. They could bring her back next year, or she could just disappear. In one sense, her story could be done. The way they left it was intriguing. Sad for Dexter and Hannah both, because their love couldn't be. But with her still being out there, it does leave the possibility that she could return. If she still loves Dexter, she might want to see him again. Or she might want to take it out on Deb. Or she might just know it would be bad news if she returned and keep away. You'd describe the finale as lacklustre and the final scene as lacking intention. I, I don't know, that, that's a shame you didn't enjoy it so much. 
I felt the final scene was full of tension, even though I thought Deb would shoot LaGuerta. I felt the tension because I was bracing for it and then fearful of the fallout for her character because, let's face it, this is absolutely massive for her character. Murdering someone like that to protect her brother and herself, although I honestly think protecting Dexter was her first priority. I have no doubt that Deb would sacrifice herself to save Dexter if it came down to it. And I'm sure Dexter would do the same. So, I felt the tension was there for the characters, rather than the story per se. You make a valid point about the ballistics. Deb did appear to use her service weapon. Now, she won't have been thinking about forensics in that moment. She won't have been thinking like Dexter does, to make sure tracks can be covered. She was thinking purely emotionally, I think. We didn't see the clean-up, although they got back to the party... Um, pretty promptly it seemed, the clock was only just striking midnight it seemed so they can't have been busy for long in the container maybe Dexter will go back if the bullet was a through and through they could maybe find it and pick it up but there's still the matter of Deb's weapon being discharged and she'll have to account for that perhaps this will be a detail that will come into play next year when Batista starts to investigate LaGuardia's disappearance that of course, is assuming two things. That Batista cancels his retirement plans, either as a result of LaGuerta going missing, or her and Estrada being found dead, as Dexter had originally planned. And you give the episode and the season 8 out of 10. And I think I can agree with 8 out of 10 for the season. Thanks very much again, Matt. On to an email now from Adam, who doesn't mention where he's from but he has some good comments he says let me start off by saying i've been listening to your podcast to supplement the show for the last few seasons and although this is my first time writing in your dedication has been much appreciated and i look forward to your and your listeners thoughts after each episode thanks adam he goes on to say what a finale no huge cliffhanger like season six but it felt right as a follow-up to last season's finale from the very first episode of this season, Deb was complicit in Dex's actions with her getting the gasoline from the church for the church fire, and that came back to haunt her through LaGuerta, just like Dexter's dropped blood slide. Little did LaGuerta know that picking that up would lead to her demise by Deb, although I knew as soon as Deb showed up at the storage container that she would be the one to off Maria. It had been building to that, with Hannah's foreshadowing line in the courtroom, at least I'm not a hypocrite. Is Deb as bad as Hannah now? Worse? She's a lieutenant with knowledge of her serial killer brother who offed the police captain. Speaking of, the bullet from Deb's gun is now lodged in LaGuerta. How are they going to get around that? If they scrapped the Estrada and LaGuerta shot each other simultaneously plan, then what did they do with the bodies quick enough to get back to the party in the same clothes? Also, won't Deb's call into dispatch about LaGuerta's car, along with the GPS in all three of their phones, pinpoint them to where both Estrada and LaGuerta were killed? And won't those warrants still be in LaGuerta's home? Seems like there are still plenty of loose ends there. Even with LaGuerta out of the picture, Matthews, as well as Batista, will be especially suspicious. On another note, Hannah escaped. A couple of quick procedural questions. Are you allowed to kiss an inmate while visiting in jail? If a prisoner has to go to the hospital, do they not handcuff them to the bed or something? Have an officer supervise? Seems too easy for her to escape unscathed. 
and then Miami PD didn't seem to be notified at all concerning the situation. Random thoughts. So Hannah did poison Deb, although I was pretty sure it was going to end up either being a plot by Deb or that Arlene lady, I guess it mostly makes sense in the context. She's a great liar though, because I was convinced it wasn't her. Dexter is right that he can't trust her, but it obviously but is obviously conflicted because he wants to continue to bang her. Jennifer Carpenter did an amazing job this season. I thought for a second that she was going to break when LaGuerta pulled up the video of her filling up the gas can by the church. Dexter needs to give her some pointers on lying if she wants to keep this up. Lewis was never mentioned again. I know Jamie told him off, but wouldn't she notice at all that her ex-boyfriend completely disappeared? I know the actor had to leave, but the fact that his name was never mentioned again was strange after he was such a big character earlier in the season. Will Batista stay in retirement when he learns that, B that LaGuerta disappeared or is dead? I wonder. The Kushka brother Brotherhood must not... Sorry, I'll start that again. <laughs> the Kushka Brotherhood must not have that many brothers if they just let George get killed and not go after Quinn at all. Was pretty sure he'd be killed off somehow, so we're left with him back where he started this season, but with Jamie hitting on him. Strange. How funny was it that LaGuerta arrested and brought Dexter in for the one crime he hadn't committed, yet. Harry scared the shit out of me more than once this episode. The Doke's flashbacks didn't provide that much new information, but were fun nonetheless, and I think the biggest contrast was in Deb, going from bangs and police uniform to morally ambiguous cop killer. Is this a new beginning, or the beginning of the end? We all know it's the latter. This is the only show I've ever watched live on TV since the debut episode, it will be the end of an era, but now that they've closed this chapter, I can't wait to see how they close the series. Cheers to you, Gareth, and all your listeners, as we all find out together next year. Here's hoping that all of our New Year's are better than the Morgans. Thanks very much, Adam. You bring up some good points. Is Deb as bad as Hannah? Or worse? <laughs> Interesting. She's definitely crossed a very big line now. She'd dabbled in the grey area before, as we talked about on the finale podcast, and she stepped well outside the boundaries of the law this season, when she helped Dexter burn the church, and of course her knowledge of Dexter's crimes, keeping those to herself. But now she's essentially murdered someone. It wasn't premeditated, so that sets her apart from Hannah. And she was under emotional duress, but I don't think she could really argue diminished responsibility. She's obviously not a serial offender like Hannah, but she's definitely broken bad in her own way, to coin a phrase. It's where she goes from here that's key, really. Moving forward, and what happens next, there are obviously threads that could be drawn together by a canny investigator looking into what happened to LaGuerta. But whether these threads get found could depend on whether they set up Estrada and LaGuerta as having shot each other or just dump both bodies and have her go missing. LaGuerta wanting to take some impromptu time out would be plausible, given what's happened, but how long before questions are asked? It all remains to be seen, really, doesn't it? But Deb's call to dispatch could be explained by simply her wondering where LaGuerta was when she was expected at Batista's party. The phone GPS could be trickier to account for, for all three of them, putting them all at the same location. I don't think Dexter always turns his phone off at a kill room, I'm sure we've seen him take calls at these scenes in the past. And getting back to your questions about Hannah, I'm sure it's normal to handcuff or at least restrain a prisoner in hospital. 
She was zip-tied to the bed, but only by one hand, and she was obviously able to undo this somehow. But these plastic zip-ties are bloody tough. I use them in my work to tie cables together. You'd need scissors or a blade to cut through one, or something to get in there and twist it to snap it. Would they have left such items within reach of her? I suppose in the kerfuffle of an emergency room, this sort of detail could be neglected by medical staff, so it's possible, but you'd expect the prisoner to be guarded a bit more closely. Thanks again for the email. On to another email now. Sandy in Seattle says, Boo-hoo, Gareth, it's over. Without delay, here are my thoughts. Loved the flashbacks with Dokes. Their chemistry was always fun and hilarious to me. Also, loved the scene when LaGuerta confronted Deb about the church. A surprise and very tense. I felt that Deb's heart-wrenching reaction to killing LaGuerta made what she did more believable and emotional. Interesting that Scott Buck said that that was all Jennifer after the shot, not the script. I knew Dexter wouldn't die there, but I really wasn't sure exactly what Deb was going to do, so it was suspenseful. At first, I wondered, how in the world will they explain this? Then I remembered it's Dexter we're talking about. Would they not have disposed of the bodies and cleaned up the crime scene? Of course, that must be one long party if they're able to do all that and still catch the end of it. But, oh well, maybe they didn't clean it up and they have some other plan. I guess we'll see. I think this season allowed the audience to see Dexter as a normal person would see him, first through Deb's eyes, then LaGuerta's, and again through Doke's. So that come season eight, if his story ends in death or being caught, we'll be able to accept it more. Like Scott Buck said, they couldn't keep painting him as the superhero, he had to eventually become the monster. Dexter asks at the end, is this a new beginning, or the beginning of the end? I think it's the beginning of the end. And I'm okay with I'm okay with that now. To be honest, I think Dex would be okay with going down as well, though he'd probably rather die than go to prison. But I do hope for some redemption for Deb, and I think Dex would want that too. She doesn't deserve to have this ending. She's gotten caught up in her loyalty to Dexter, and a little lost. Maybe it should be her that turns him in next season to right some wrongs. I don't want her to kill him, though but I do think a death would be more satisfying than prison. My favourite line, Dexter to Estrada on the table, when Estrada said, you told me you'd let me go if I called LaGuerta for you, and Dexter says, you think I'm a killer and not a liar? To sum up, despite its flaws and ridiculousness at times, I really loved this season, all the Deb and Dexter stuff most of all. It was just a fun ride. I know I won't look back on Dexter as the best show ever, as perfectly written, but it's been one of the most fun shows for me, and interesting, and different, and macabre, yet funny. And Dexter and Deb will always be two of my favourite characters. Well, we'll see how they turn out next season. Speaking of shows about serial killers, have you any interest in the new Kevin Bacon show, the following that starts in January? I'm planning to give it a look. Cheers, thanks for adding to my enjoyment of this season with your podcast. Thanks, Sandy. Yeah, the LaGuerta kill scene will have required some clean-up. I suspect Dexter will go back there and do what's necessary. Perhaps seeing to Deb was the immediate priority for a change. I'm sure we'll soon find out once season eight starts, but we do know that the writers sometimes expect us to uh, know how Dexter operates and fill in the blanks on the occasions that they don't show us everything. I agree with you that Dexter will want to help pull Deb back. The look on his face as she sobbed over LaGuerta's body was amazing. 
you could see the realisation of how far Deb has fallen and knowing it's all because of him. We know how much he cares about Deb and maybe now he's realising just how much. It looked like it was weighing heavy on him, the way he led her through the party at the end. It was like he'd taken charge, as a big brother arguably should. Deb looked totally shell-shocked and even Dexter looked quite anxious. Actually, don't you think Deb looked almost like a little girl being led by her dad? For Dex, it really seemed like the weight of what he's allowed to happen was showing on his face. I said on the finale podcast that they were both wearing masks. But really, having thought about it more and watched it again, I, I think they both look completely out of place with faces like they just witnessed a murder. <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> it could really draw them closer together next season and might be a big wake-up call for Dexter. Finally, Sandy, you mentioned the following. A new show which is uh, created by Kevin Williamson about a brilliant and charismatic yet psychotic serial killer, sound familiar, who communicated with other killers and activates a cult. One of the executive producers and directors of this is Marcos Siega, who directed a few earlier episodes of Dexter. Another Dexter connection is Billy Brown, who played Mike Anderson, although the leads are Kevin Bacon and James Purifoy. It's a show that's definitely piqued my interest, and there's some good buzz around it, so I'll definitely watch it. My only concern is that it seems to be on Fox, i.e. a network show, and I always start watching new network shows with some trepidation because of the high cancellation rates. Anyway, this one does look up my street, and I'm sure quite a lot of Dexter fans will be watching too. Something off about you, Morgan. I should have seen it before. The fake smile, the donuts. You won't even walk like a normal person. You glide like a fucking lizard on ice. It's all a fucking act, and I ain't mine. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. You are one creep, motherfucker. Hello, this is Kim from Las Vegas. And after watching this finale, I can say that I definitely exclaim loudly at the TV with a few words that I will just not say. Anyway, um, I know that I've always disliked La Guerta and would rather she have disappeared. Uh, even while she was digging into Dexter's business this season, I kind of didn't like her, but at the same time kind of did. And of course that ending was shocking. I mean, I should have seen it coming. Somebody was going to shoot her. Uh, I didn't think she, Deb was going to shoot Dexter, but I don't know. It was just still a huge shock, especially when LaGuardia looked, I mean, she looked very, like, not only scared, but, I mean, it was just heartbreaking for her to have been shot while she was uh, actually awake. And, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I have never felt more sorry for LaGuardia. Also, um, Matthews, I be- well, I believe that's his name. I mean, I hear it all the darn time, and I keep forgetting it. After all of LaGuardia's digging and her telling him about it, do you think he will say, well, maybe Dexter, he, you know, maybe he was a killer. I mean, she conveniently dies after apparently accusing Dexter. So, I mean, this is going to be a little fishy, but technically, of course, Dexter did not kill her. Deb did. So this can be quite interesting, but I mean, wow, now that... 
Deb has now killed somebody and it wasn't out of self-defense or, you know, if, I mean, I don't even know what else to say that I'm just tongue-tied right now. It's definitely on the list of some of my, one of my favorite finales, just that exact moment. And Hannah, damn it. Well, I guess it would have been just too convenient for her to die quickly, huh? That's okay, because I'm assuming that she's going to be an integral part of the plot. I mean, she's got all this dish on both Dexter and Deb, so I guess we got to see where that goes. Hopefully she doesn't annoy the hell out of me in the process. Alright, that's all I have to say. It probably didn't make a lot of sense, because I'm still in shock. Anyway, uh, well... Here, still waiting for the next season, huh? Alright, bye. Thanks, Kim. You said you never felt as sorry for LaGuerta as you did in that final scene. I have to agree. Like Dokes, she was on the right track with Dexter, and they both knew the truth, and it led to their deaths. She tried to reach out to Matthews, to Batista, to Deb, and was frustrated at every turn. I think this plays into why she went to the container on her own, She didn't feel able to call for backup because she'd already tarnished her reputation with Dexter's earlier arrest and the whole set-up there. She'd be finished if she pulled units out and it turned into another set-up to make her look bad. But it's sad she'd reached that point where she felt alone, where she couldn't turn to anyone and, and had to go it alone. Even at the end there, she was trying to get Deb to shoot Dexter and end this. Perhaps given a bit more talk time, she'd have convinced her, but of Of course, it wasn't to be. Another voicemail now. It's Sandra in Germany. Hi, Gareth. This is Sandra. I really like this season a lot better than the last two. And I like the first half of this season a lot better than the second half. What bothers me is the not Dexter-like way Dexter behaves there. No gloves, no caution, clinging on to his now-liked life and acting careless and with this endangering it. I was a bit disappointed that Hannah poisoned Deborah. If Deb would have done it herself, it could have led to very interesting conflicts later. Travis will be disappointed that Hannah is still out there. She might come back next season. I enjoyed the scenes with Dokes. Season 2 and Dokes are my all-time favorite of Dexter. But did we need them? Not really. Matthews got his moments with La Guerta. An eye for an eye, as they say. Dexter set her up pretty good, but as we expected early on, Deborah's involvement in the church came back to bite them in the ass. I called it and it happened. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Well deserved since season one, but executed in a way the tears almost got stuck in my throat. I would have rather had her cut up in tiny pieces by Dexter. And again Deborah got involved, and again we have to fear that this will not end well. She shot like Huerta with her registered police gun, then hugging her. DNA, fibers and hair all over the body. Loving Deborah sets up Dexter's downfall, leaving Harrison with the nanny and Quinn. Poor boy. Well, I'm excited for the last uh, season of Dexter now. I hope you guys are as well. I think they could have executed some things a lot better, but all in all, I'm happy this season was not at all like the last two. So, let's just look forward to the last season of Dexter, and I wish uh, all of you a happy Christmas time and a very good and healthy New Year. Bye. Ding dong, the witch is dead. (laughs) I like that. You're not LaGuerta's biggest fan, are you? (laughs) Thanks, Sandra. 
I'm sure most of us will agree that this season really peaks in those early few episodes, but I do think the rest of the season had plenty to enjoy. It just wasn't as monumental as those early conversations between Deb and Dexter. Well, that final scene was pretty monumental, but you, you know what I mean. Interesting prediction that Harrison will end up with Jamie and Quinn. Is it too early to give their relationship a nickname, like Loomy, for the one with Lewis? Quimmy? <laughs> but you point out the forensic evidence from the container that could implicate Deb. It's true, there must be fibres, hairs, probably blood traces. But how this will come into play next season will depend on what they do with the bodies. If everything gets dumped in the ocean, the evidence will go with it. They'll just be Deb's dress that they could burn. Thanks very much. OK, moving swiftly on to an email from Danielle in Sydney, who writes, I did enjoy the finale. It pulled the right emotional strings, and of course I can't wait for season eight, so that's a good thing. I try not to concern myself too much with the little things. After all, it is a fictional TV series with a sole purpose to entertain. But the Hannah poisoning Deborah storyline does not sit well with me. The whole scenario is just too implausible. I know most people thought Deb set it up. I must admit, I was not one of them, as I just could not see this kind of deceitful behaviour in Deb's character, and therefore didn't even think of it. Then it was discussed in your last podcast, and I thought that idea was plausible and made more sense. But as it turned out, Hannah the Mysterious did it after all, and as I stated in my feedback for episode 11, when it comes to believability, it scores a zero. It certainly looks like it's not the last we'll see of Hannah, and I don't have a problem with that. Throughout the season, I seesawed with the idea of LaGuerta's demise. It is sad to see the end of a character, even though she was unlikable, as she's been there from the beginning, but what a dramatic exit. The idea was planted in our heads that Deborah may consider turning Dexter in, but of course when it came down to it, she chose Dexter. I am a bit baffled as to why she shot LaGuerta, and didn't let Dexter take care of it. But I felt Deborah's pain. It was heartbreaking. Of course, there are a lot of problems that need to be resolved now as Dexter's nice little setup was ruined. Small nitpick. After Deborah shot LaGuerta, she hugged her. So you'd think there'd be blood on her dress. But no, she goes back to Batista's party. And amazingly, there's no blood on her dress. It is possible that Matthews will step in to fill LaGuerta's shoes now. You would have to think he's going to be suspicious about the whole thing. Also, with Maria's possible disappearance slash murder, there is sufficient motivation for Batista to delay retirement. And as for Quinn, well, I just don't care. The flashbacks to the early Dexter-Dokes relationship were great. I really enjoyed the backstory as to how Dokes became so suspicious of Dexter. He was a great character, very charismatic. It also made you think about how much Dexter really has changed from when we were first introduced to his character. Thanks, Gareth, for producing these podcasts. They've been great fun to listen to, and I've enjoyed hearing what other people have to say. Also, thank you to your wife and family for being so tolerant. Hope to see some rewatch podcasts appearing on iTunes in the future. Thanks, Danielle. Good to hear from you again, and the rewatch podcasts will resume in the new year. My wife and family really don't mind me podcasting. As you probably know, I record during the day when I'm on lunch breaks, so it doesn't affect them. The only time it might have any bearing is when I do these Skype calls with guests uh, or interviews. I do those from home in the evening, but it's always after the kids have gone to bed, so it's all good. Now, like you, I'm not sure how much I like the plot of Hannah poisoning Deb. 
I think my dislike is because of what it did for her relationship with Dexter. And I also question whether an experienced poisoner would try to kill someone in that way. Yes, overdosing on prescription medicine is perfectly plausible, and it seems she was hoping Deb would pass out at the wheel of, a car, of the car and get killed in the crash. But it left a lot to chance. I think I said after episode 11 that Hannah had been shown to be pretty deadly when she had a target. Yet here, with a key target of the detective, whose, excuse me, whose sole purpose seems to be to arrest her, and she leaves too much to chance and she comes unstuck. Scott Buck uses the phrase, you can't trust a poisoner, and that has been the case here, but I don't know if it fits with Hannah apparently being so in love with Dexter, yet comfortable risking it all by trying to kill his sister. I mean, what does she think would happen? <laughs> I don't know, that whole move just doesn't sit too right with me. However, I think I am glad that Deb didn't set it up. It would have been a big negative for her character and to be so deceitful to her brother. And personally, speaking as a big fan of the character, I don't want to be in a position where I might have to think less of her. I've said it before, Dexter might be the core of the show, the focus, but Deb, for me, is without doubt the heart of the show. You mentioned the flashbacks of Dokes. I really like those too. They could be viewed as fan service, but so many of us love Dokes that I don't think anyone will mind. They did show that, at first, Dokes and Dexter were just colleagues. Dokes didn't dislike Dexter until he noticed the things they showed in the flashbacks. Dexter's apparent enjoyment or appreciation of the murder scene and his vivid description of what might have happened, setting off Dokes' radar of suspicion. They said on the wrap-up that Dokes' catchphrase, Surprise, motherfucker, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't always targeted at Dexter, loaded with hidden meaning. It was more like a little joke, he'd say, like a catchphrase. Thanks, Danielle. I went to the church that night that you killed Travis Marshall to tell you that I'm in love with you. <laughs> Hey Gareth, this is Chris coming from the great southern state of Georgia. Uh, long time listener, well, long time in that it's been uh, the entirety of season seven, as that's when I found your podcast. I technically guess long time would have been since the very beginning, although I do plan on going back and uh, retroactively catching up on all the podcasts because I have thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, but I just wanted to call in here about the finale. I've been meaning to call in for the past couple of weeks and just haven't had found the time. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm kind of torn on this finale, truthfully. Uh, as a general whole, I, I think it went very well. Uh, it didn't quite have the sting of some of the greater Dexter finales. I mean, obviously, four and six come to mind, but... Uh, I mean, it was a big moment to see Deborah make that choice and cross that line that she had always been so, I don't want to say judgmental, I guess, of Hannah for having crossed. You know, she kind of became like Hannah in that moment, and, and that was a big character moment for Deborah. But it wasn't 
I mean, to me, it didn't feel like it was as big of a character moment for Dexter. Generally, the seasons end with Dexter having made some revelation about himself. And I, I mean, I guess to a degree, it was because he had decided to kill LaGuerta and to, and to intentionally kill an innocent person and cross that line into becoming, quote-unquote, a regular serial killer. Um, but he didn't actually pull the trigger, or the knife. Well, no, I guess it would have been the trigger, wouldn't it? Um, I'm so used to him killing with a knife, or power saw, or something, I'm not thinking about the gun plan. Uh, but he didn't actually end up doing it. Deborah was the one that made that decision. Uh, although you could easily argue he was as much to blame for that as, uh, Deborah. Though, I will offer up the, uh little trivia fact that if we think back to season five with Lumen, he was pretty much ready to kill who he thought was Quinn in the van who was on to him. So, you know, even though they've made this play like it's a big deal that he's decided to kill this innocent person he worked with, he had pretty much decided that he was getting ready to kill Quinn when he was ambushed by Liddy. Uh, and then, of course, ended up killing Liddy, who was, again, technically innocent, although he was kind of a jerk, so I think we all kind of write him off. Um, other big things, the flak, the uh, flashbacks of Dogs was a huge thing. Um, I don't think we... I mean, we've had flashbacks before to his childhood and early adulthood, but as far as I can recall, I don't remember having seen flashbacks to, you know, that time frame where he was pre-season one, but old enough that this had been going on for a long time. Uh, so they, they did feel a tad out of place, but not bad. I thoroughly enjoyed seeing Eric King as Dokes again. He's just absolutely wonderful and steals every scene he's in, including the... Well, I guess Michael C. Hall's in every one, but he, he steals every scene. Uh, he's just that that amazing. I love Dokes, and I think we can all agree that we miss him uh, very much so. Although, <laughs> there's no way you could have kept, you know, nabbing Dexter's tail all the way through. Um... Batista is retiring. That, you know, they've kind of been building towards this uh, all season long, and I hope it goes somewhere good. Um, if he does indeed retire, I hope they keep him integrated into the show in a way that's interesting. Although I get the feeling that after what happened with LaGuerta tonight, uh, we are going to see Batista change his mind about retiring and attempt to... Uh, maybe maybe he'll smell something fishy with us, much like he did earlier in the season when uh, Isaac killed the uh, the guy he was setting up, uh, and he smelled something fishy, and he, he eventually dropped it, but I feel like maybe he'll smell that, and that'll spur him on to uh, further police work. Uh, and of course, I'm also disappointed I didn't get to see Masuka as Baby New Year. I think we can all agree that would have been an amazing gif for the internet for form avatars. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other major issues from this episode that I wanted to talk about. Um, Han oh, well, of course, before I leave, Hannah. Um, the big revelation was that, uh, well, I say big revelation, but all last week, I know I myself and many others, uh, apparently, were also very curious as to whether it was Hannah or Deb that poisoned Deb. Uh, it was a fairly big debate with uh, a lot of good evidence pointing towards Deb having done herself in though this episode very quickly answered that question without much hurrah. I mean, I guess technically maybe we were all just reading too far into it because the previous episode did all but say Hannah did it, so maybe we were just overthinking the matter, although I was just a little surprised that it was resolved quite so easily. 
and that it was actually Hannah. I was kind of thinking it was Deb, even though I did feel it would have been a bit inconsistent for her character. And uh, what I know I'm running a little long here, so I'm going to cut it short, but I will say that I'm excited to see whether or not Hannah appears next season. They left it very open-ended with her character, leaving this uh, plant on Dexter's doorstep. Very reminiscent to me of Lewis leaving the hand at Dexter's doorstep. This is the second uh, second season in a row. I feel like we've had that kind of cliffhanger of, oh, someone's left a message for Dexter. Uh, can he figure it out? This one, I would imagine, will be a little bit more straightforward because I'm sure he'll find out quite soon that uh, Hannah has escaped law and he'll know exactly where the plant came from. But I'm very curious to see how she's integrated because she'll be one of the very few guest stars, perhaps the only one, if I'm remembering correctly, but one of the very few at, at best to have survived their season and per potentially went on to be a very large character. You know, I've been on the fence with her uh, all season long. Not that I think she was particularly a bad character, but I never quite fell in love with her like some people did. Uh, but I'm very excited to see where they take her potentially next season, how she fits into the end game of everything. Maybe she will improve and retroactively make her uh, inclusion in this season feel a bit better to me. And uh, I'm just really pumped for the eighth and potentially last final season. Scott Buck keeps dodging the question a bit, saying that Showtime hasn't quite told him if it's the end. But everyone pretty much knows this is, unless something major happens and the ratings spike really spurs Showtime onwards, this is really going to be it uh, for Dexter. So I'm very excited to see where it's going. I just really hope that Hannah isn't the one that kills De or kills Dexter or Deb and brings about the downfall. I feel like that should have less to do with Hannah and more to just do with the station or the world or what have you finding out Dexter. But anyway, I know I've went far longer than uh, I probably should have, but I could just talk for hours about Dexter, and I was just trying to hit the highlights. Anyway, I love the show. Uh, can't wait for the big uh, feedback episodes, and uh, yeah, really enjoy it. Keep going, man. Thanks, Chris. Always nice to hear from first-time callers. You talked about the climax not having the sting of previous great Dexter finales, and that it didn't affect Dexter's character in such a big way as previous finales have. I can see why you say this. No one will argue that it's not a big thing for Deb, that's for certain, but my own opinion is that it is a big thing for Dexter. I mentioned a few minutes ago about the look on his face. He looked shocked that Deb had done this. I don't think he was manipulating her into shooting LaGuerta. If Deb had gone to arrest him instead, I think he'd have accepted it. And he seemed to be kind of resigned a little bit. He had that look on his face when he said, do what you got to do. But witnessing Deb commit murder must be a kick to the heart for him. Seeing his sister, who he's killed to protect in the past, killed his own brother even, here she is committing murder for him. I'm sure he'd have never wanted, never ever wanted this for her. Now she's crossed this line and it's all because of him. The thing with him rejecting the dark passenger this season had him, had him admitting he'll have to take some responsibility for the things he's done. And now, what a responsibility he has to accept. Accept responsibility for what Deb's just done. It's not got the shock value of the endings of season 4 and 6, but I do honestly feel that this ending will have long-lasting effects all the same. Just quickly, 
You mentioned the dead poisoning. I agree. We did think too far into it, and I did spend a lot of breath two weeks ago going down the wrong path that Deb had set it up. Just goes to show we can be too clever for our own good sometimes, and the obvious answer is often the right one. Thanks again, Chris. An email now from Alex in New York City, who says, Glad that business about the poisoned water bottle got sorted out first thing. I was never a fan of the idea that Deb poisoned herself, since that seemed not just logistically implausible, but self-destructive on multiple levels. Before the end of the finale, I'd have said it wasn't in Deb's nature either, but to quote the show, who is Deb now? In retrospect, the manner in which Hannah went about it was more sensible than at first blush. If the attempt succeeds, then it succeeds. If it fails, there's plenty of deniability, as she showed with her almost practised and pre-packaged list of excuses and arguments she gave to Dexter on Christmas Eve. And the evidence itself would have been destroyed and tossed, along with the wreck of the car. No reason to even investigate it, since it was just a case of prescription drug abuse. If Deb were to die suddenly from a heart attack, on the other hand, Hannah would probably be able to time the remainder of her life with a stopwatch. Anyway, it was satisfying to finally see Hannah's true face at the end of the scene with her and Dexter. A couple of episodes ago, I originally wrote that I was frustrated by the performance and the character because in many ways it was difficult to read. But here, in her prophetic scene with Deborah, I enjoyed what I saw. Once she exhausted her pleas and bargains, sitting across the table from Dexter, the mask finally slipped. She openly admitted she was anticipating Dexter would be the one to wind up imprisoned or dead instead of her, and, in a final display of manipulation, said her goodbye by drawing his blood after luring him in with a kiss. That last action was a nice bookend to their relationship, actually. If you remember the first time they met, Dexter cut his finger on the sharp leaves of a plant he idly touches. Now, in their final scene, he gets wounded once again by being careless with something alluring and dangerous in equal measure. For all her charm, the final picture of Hannah in this scene with her distant, empty gazed, gaze and detached appraisal of Dexter's blood left me well skeeved and repulsed. She showed herself to be a real creep motherfucker, as Dokes would have it. Also, a nice touch, her final outfit when she leaves her present at Dexter's door. All black. No more innocent white blouse covering the, the pitch-black bra. The veneer of sweetness and light is gone, and her darkness is on full display. So, Deborah. Tough for me to talk about, because I've gotten to really care about a character. A lot of us predicted and feared this development, but the more you process it, the weightier it feels. A redemptive ending for Dexter as a whole would have been a sacrificial act for his sister, but that's going to be an awfully hard course to take now. A shame because Deborah is, and always has been, the one who, who's been most deeply and fundamentally affected, not just by what Dexter does, but who he is. His being a killer is almost identical to the damage he's done to Deborah, as the true nature of it is something more psychologically environmental in nature. Marginalised by her father, I feel Deborah looked, into De looked to Dexter for a deeper connection, which she always pursued, but never seemed to attain. The why of that, of course, was because of his severe psychopathic traits, and the web of lies that made up her, their family. It's as if you pour more and more into a bucket, hoping to fill it up and never see the hole in the bottom. That's how I've come to make sense of and understand the romantic feelings she developed for Dexter. She was half overcompensating, half filling in the blanks with a raw emotional need. 
Yes, season six introduced it poorly, with an entirely too accepting shrink, and we all ran screaming for the Chine- from the Chinese food dream. But I understand it now. Even looking back at previous seasons, we could read in hindsight the incredibly strange codependency, the emotional liability, and the neediness and jealousy all surrounding her feelings about her brother as precursors to the realization. But it's important to reiterate that, much like in real life. These incestuous feelings are symptomatic of a huge problem. The relationship was never healthy or balanced, and was so rooted in lies that it could never really be. Now we're seeing it painfully deconstructed, and along with it, Deborah herself. Despite all her virtue and character, her need to stay connected to Dexter is so central to Deborah that in her heart the decision was already made years ago. This is the person she's willing to go to hell for. Perhaps there's still hope that Dexter can recognise and fully understand how much damage he's doing to this person who he's inexorably linked to, and that this would become his path to becoming someone else. This season seems to have been about the evils we can be drawn into committing out of love for one another. Perhaps the next and final can be about how those bonds and commitments can transform us into something better and bigger than our animal selves. One can hope anyway, as it's all getting a bit depressing, isn't it? Regardless, <clears throat> excuse me. Regardless, looking back on the entirety of the series, I think I'd call the relationship between Dexter and Deborah the most complex, loaded, warped, fascinating relationship between a male and female lead I've ever seen on television. Whatever happens with it, and wherever it goes, I'll be sad to see it end next year. But were it to continue further, let's be honest, we'd actually want to murder suicide just for mercy's sake. Thanks, Alex. Great email again. You're on a roll, mate. <laughs> Starting at the beginning of your message. <clears throat> excuse me again. Sorry, I've got a frog in my throat this lunchtime. Um, you make a reasonable case for why Hannah tried to kill Deb the way she did. Personally, I still think it left a lot to chance. Too much as it turned out. And although you're right, she would have a certain degree of deniability. There's one thing Hannah should have considered. That if the plan had failed and Deb lived, that Deb would have smelled a rat, knowing Hannah had been at her house and knowing how many pills she'd actually been taking. Plus, there's still the tainted water in her house, which Dexter found, and Deb would have ended up drinking that too when she got home and possibly passed out again. Would she have thought, "Shit, I got to stop taking these pills," or would there have been more investigation? I do think the plan was questionable for someone who'd been so clinical before, but like you, I also enjoyed the darker Hannah on display, and good that despite that there was no denial about loving Dexter. But it served as a reminder of how long Dexter would have been safe if they had properly started a life together, and how long before Hannah's darker side turned its attention on Dexter. But I did enjoy the the shift in Yvonne Strahovski's performance in that scene. Where she kind of gave up trying to talk Dexter round and allowed her mask to drop. You make great observations about Deb. I agree that her lack of attention from Harry as a child pushed her into latching onto and relying on Dexter all the more in adulthood, looking for that deeper connection. I should say I don't for a minute believe this needs to be her being actually in love with him. 
Although I should also say that I wouldn't be surprised if this comes into play next year when she considers what she's done and what drove her to do it. I think her feelings for Dexter go beyond being in love. It's something quite unique, as you describe it, manifesting in a strange codependency, neediness, the odd jealousy over the years, but largely rooted in lies. It's a relationship like her feelings, that can't be precisely pigeonholed or given an exact label. For the shrink to just suggest Deb's in love with Dexter is oversimplifying what is, as you said, one of the most complex, loaded, warped and fascinating relationships ever seen on television. The season six stuff with the shrink did lay the groundwork for conversations we're having about Deb and Dexter now, and it reminds us of how useful hindsight can be, remembering how repelled a lot of us were at the time. But I'm really enthralled by what's happened to them this season, and I can't wait to see where they go next year. Part of me thinks maybe the best thing for Deb is that Dexter just get out of her life. He's the person she relies on the most, but he's also the person responsible for the corruption that's going on now. Maybe that's how the show will end, both surviving but not together. Thanks, Alex. Great stuff. On to another email now from Sandy in Ireland. Who uh, who writes as follows. Eek, the excitement. This must have been the slowest week ever. Once I'd seen the preview clip, I just could not wait. Serious dose of anticipation. During this preview, of course, there was Dokes in all his surprise motherfucking glory. During the week, I was looking up YouTube to see if it was anyhow possible he was still alive. This got me thinking of a preview I saw on Lost, where we could see Jin speaking English. This turned out to be just a dream, but the speculation this fueled online reminded me of this. Don't get me started on Lost, Sandy. <laughs> and the things they teased us with on there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, one of my favourite shows, so I won't, I won't knock it too much here. Uh, actually... Interjecting, if you want to hear my thoughts on the final season of Lost, listen to Gareth's Waste of Time, available on iTunes. <laughs> Go back and look at some of the early episodes. Sorry, Sandy, I interrupt you. She goes on to say, Dokes surely was brought back for re recap purposes. After all, the writers are obsessed with spoon-feeding us all season. Right, on with the episode itself. I found it strange how LaGuerta gave the rights to Dexter. It was like she didn't want to be doing it. Her demeanour gave me that impression, which doesn't add up when she was out for justice for so long. Also, when arresting him for one murder, then he's announcing to the unit that he's the Bay Harbour Butcher, could this be a technicality that a legal team would work to their advantage? These were my thoughts during that point in the show. Perhaps she was nervous. That elevator scene was full of tension. I had high hopes for Dexter to move closer to her and whisper the episode tagline to LaGuerta. Surprise, motherfucker. LaGuerta must have been going crazy. She has a dead-on case but just can't finish it off. Reminds me of another love of mine, Liverpool Football Club. All the chances and can't finish off the job. You glide like a lizard on ice. One of the best lines in the season. I wonder, was the black plant left by Hannah at Dexter's door a threat or a goodbye gift? I'm hoping for the latter, the show is best when Dex is in danger. So here we are at the business end of the episode. Two series finales with Deb walking in on Dex at a kill. Will we have a hat-trick next year, I wonder? It annoyed me, if I'm being honest. 
felt a bit empty for me the last few minutes of the show. Here's why. La Guerta, a tough, a tough Latina cop, always gave the impression throughout the seasons that you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of her. But she didn't put up much of a struggle. Why didn't she grab the knife or something? Where was her fight? I think a better end would have been if she got up and went for Dexter, then Deb shooting her to protect him. This, of course, is nitpicking, but normally in Dexter, and especially finales, the last five minutes are best. The 50 minutes preceding the ending was better, and so I felt let down with this year's so-called cliffhanger. Cast your mind back to the last few minutes of season four. I recall thinking, is that it? There's only, like, a minute left in the episode, and then, boom, we see the bathtub. Credits roll, and Dexter becomes something I want to talk about to everyone. This year, I turned to my husband and said, is that it? Keep up the good work. Thank you, Sandy. That last scene, LaGuerta, was still coming round from the M99, so probably had no energy or bodily, or, or much bodily control to put up any fight. Plus, Dexter had the knife, but you're not the only person to have been left a little flat by the ending. Earlier we heard from Matt, who was also left a bit wanting. I was happy with how they ended it. It was tense, and an explosive, pivotal character moment for Deb, and I also think for Dexter. But hey, that's just my opinion. <laughs> it wouldn't be so fun if we all agreed all the time, would it? But I do agree with you about Liverpool. I used to support them as a child before I realised my loyalties should be for my local club, so I'm a Watford fan now. <laughs> we don't have much glory to cheer about, but hey, it's all relative. I've lived in Yorkshire for 18 years now, but... I still support Watford. Thanks again, Sandy. On to an email now from Bob DeGrand from the DexterCast. He starts by referring to the finale podcast with Mike, Nick and Matt. He says, I think this was your best discussion yet. I really like season seven quite a bit and I'm really looking forward to season eight as this will be the first time we believe that Dexter could get killed or caught. I actually prefer season six to five and don't think it's particularly close. I think there are two main reasons why Six is hated. One is the Deb Loves Dexter storyline, which everyone hated. After watching season seven, there was less, re less reason to be worried than we had feared. The other problem was that Ge Geller not being real was something that everyone had figured out very early on, but they treated it as a big reveal. I don't think it's a good season or anything, but it had its moments. The ending was great, and Lewis was a fascinating new character that they didn't develop later on. For me, the most important thing is always characters. I think Five fails miserably in this regard, changing their personalities at will to fit plot points. Quinn is the worst offender here, but the LaGuerta and Batista marriage is another example. And both characters, the new female cop, the Irish babysitter, even Lumen, and plot lines, the Santa Muerta killings, they all disappear for no apparent reason. The DexterCast just recorded our Season 7 recap podcast, much shorter though, and, I'm sure, to Travis's dismay, all of us liked Hannah. While I would also why while I also would have liked to have seen Lewis be Dexter's adversary this season, I think that Hannah has the same possibilities going into next season. She's smart and skillful and has a legitimate reason to resent Dexter. I don't think that Moriarty can't be a female. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, it was a long podcast, wasn't it? <laughs> I never set out to have them so long, but the conversation just kept flowing, and my guests brought so much to the table, I just let them go with it. <laughs> uh, 
I must confess, it did feel like I was a listener some of the time. But that's okay. You, you guys hear plenty from me every other week. It's nice to get different voices and opinions on, as I said at the beginning of the podcast. Bob, you make fair points about seasons five and six. Both seasons lacks in certain departments. But I particularly appreciated season five because I enjoyed Dexter dealing with Rita by helping Lumen. I enjoyed him reacting on the rebound with her. I enjoyed him opening himself up and leaving himself vulnerable. I really liked the finale scene in the kitchen, which I know Travis hated, but I liked the character moment. Plenty to knock season five over, though, much of which you mention. The fact that they didn't give any kind of backstory to the Jordan Chase character is is a big bugbear of mine. Season six was mostly an example of a show spinning its wheels, but also had some good character stuff, particularly for Deb. The final 60 seconds of the season gave us the big game changer and probably elevated the season for many. But, you know, like I was saying to Sandy just now, it's all just opinion, isn't it? We all still love the show, don't we? And I've never actually disliked a season. Thanks again, Bob. God damn, did you see that, Gareth? Did you see the same fucking thing I did? Now that's a finale for your ass, you know what I'm saying? Like, I asked my buddy Ric Flair what he thought of this, and he was all like, woo! I was like, whoa, fuck, man, Rick. It's a strong opinion, man. It was a good finale. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm a little hyperbolous here, but um, I really liked it. I think this was one of, like, uh, I don't know. It's a weird way to describe it. Like, I, I almost wanted to call it the best finale that the, that the season's ever had. Or, I'm sorry, the show's ever had. Certainly not the best, I don't believe, the best season by far. But maybe best finale? I don't know. It, I'll, I'll say it might be the most heartbreaking finale. Of course, we all know the season four finale. Very heartbreaking. Rita, R.I.P. Uh, but um, this is different. De- uh, Dexter has essentially corrupted Little Debbie. Oh, no. I think that's very heartbreaking in its own way. Um, Deb had to make that choice between the Guerta and, and Dex, and, oh, man, she chose Dex. You know, Deb, the fu- Oh, God, Deb, I'm so sorry. Wait, what do you say, Gareth? Poor Deb. What Deb won't do for love. You know, she tried everything, but she won't give up. Um, <laughs> that's enough singing. Uh, now, I liked it. I... There's not a lot to say, and I know this fin- this podcast is going to be long, so believe it or not, I'm going to keep it very, very short. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought all the flashbacks were very great, even if they were kind of shoehorned in. Like, uh, just, well, it almost seemed like fan service getting dopes to say, surprise, motherfucker. We all love that. I had a big old fucking smile on my face that whole time. I love dopes. Uh, and I thought all the, the whole flashback stuff... It was, it was all very true to the characters, I think. Notice what a difference it makes when Dexter is smiling, pretending like he likes people. Uh, it was so much better. Um, so I liked it a lot. Um, I'm even willing to forgive. Uh, you know, this isn't the, a perfect finale by any means. I mean, there is some stuff that's kind of ridiculous. Like, uh, you know, Dex, Dexter's whole plan just kind of hinged on LaGuardia not calling for backup. You know, just coming alone to the shipyard. Uh, Dexter, you know, getting fucking... Estrada in the park by paying some boys to hit him with the baseball and no one noticing. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Quinn, still alive. Fucking, and now he's going to be dipping into Jamie Batista. What? Why can't we all be so goddamn lucky? What the hell? What did he do to deserve this? Um, uh, speaking of Batista, uh, so he's retired now. Um, 
I don't know if for next season they're going to like try to make up some reason for him to come out of retirement or something. Uh, I mean, I guess this is a good ending for him, I suppose. I certainly don't want to see bad things happen to him. But now with LaGuerta gone, are we supposed to believe Batista's going to be gone? Like, who the fuck is running Miami Metro? Everybody but Deb is there or gone, I mean. Um, and he certainly hit for his restaurant being such like a, a hard, struggling business. I mean, he certainly went fucking all out for his goddamn New Year's event. Lights and a live band and beautiful people rubbing on each other like oh damn batista oh uh, can i get that invite please i'm out in the wilderness right now so you'll have to forgive me um yeah so wilderness but uh, yeah, i th- i think that's it um in the long in the in the grand scheme of things it's kind of disappointing that uh i'm gonna say it again lewis Lewis didn't pan out to anything, but not only that, you know, I've, I've really gotten over him, but even Isaac in the long term, in the long scheme of things really didn't even fucking matter. Um, oh, speaking of, oh, Hannah, she's uh, still out and about. Um, yeah, I'm not happy about that. That That's another thing, another stupid thing about the finale. She really gonna escape from a fucking like prison hospital? You know, I don't know if we're meant to, believe, meant to think that she cut her own zip tie or somehow Arlene Schramm came and smuggled her out. I don't know, but that was, a, that was kind of stupid. Um, I don't know if we're, maybe, she, I mean, maybe she'll be around for season eight. Um, realistically, if this were a real situation, she's a fugitive of the goddamn law. She should run. Um, but you know, she gave that thing to fly, the flower to Dexter. Maybe she'll be around later at another time. I don't know. I, I could live the rest of my life and never see her fucking face again. Well, anyway, that's it. Gareth, uh, season eight, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, happy new year to everybody. Wow, Travis, you're back on board, aren't you? (laughs) Welcome back, my friend. And thanks for the voicemail. Best finale ever? I don't... I don't know. Um, Dexter generally does finales pretty well, I think. Um, There have been seasons where the finale maybe hasn't been quite up there because the plots that are being concluded haven't gripped us as much as other seasons um you know season five and six spring immediately to mind but it certainly was a good finale with some very strong scenes i have to agree <laughs> you want tickets to batista's party it did look like a good party didn't it um <laughs> you do have such a way with words um what can i say <laughs> he probably blew his uh, retirement fund right there. <laughs> um, he's going to regret it, isn't he? Well, I mean, maybe that, maybe it's not LaGuerta's disappearance. It'll be his lack of money that leads him <laughs> to cancel his retirement. <laughs> we shall see. Hannah on the run. Um, serious matters. Yeah, you're right. If she has any sense, she'll just go quietly and try and make a, a new life incognito somewhere else. However, this is TV drama, so who knows? Right, we'll finish off with another voicemail. Here's Dennis Olsen, who's channeling a little bit of Travis, I think, as he gives a spoiler-free, tongue-in-cheek, I think, preview of Season 8. And, warning, (laughs) parental guidance is advised. Hello, Gareth. I have some news for you about the next series of Dexter. Next series of Dexter, there'll only be one episode. You see, Batista has a grand opening of the restaurant, and in this grand opening, he'll be a chef. And that chef will be Hannah. So, Hannah will get a job there, and she'll feed all 
the guys. Hang, hang on a second. There's a, a fox hunt going past next to For one second, please. I'll just close my door. Hopefully that's better. Anyway, back to this. Back to this meal. So Hannah makes all the guests donuts. And from these donuts, well, they all die because she's poisoned them. And when I say they all die, that's apart from Quinn. Well, he doesn't eat them initially. He sees the shape of the donut, and he likes what he sees. So, he's missing Nadia, and he decides to have sex with the donut. After he's finished that, well, he eats the donut. And by doing this, he dispels the saying, you can't have your cake and eat it. You know, hang on a second, there's some strange lights outside. One wee second there. Thanks, Dennis. It's usually Travis who leaves me not knowing what to say, but um, you've taken the prize this week. <laughs> Cheers, mate. So, on that note, we've got to the end of your feedback. Nice to get so many voicemails this time. And, of course, you already heard from three of our regular feedbackers on the Finale podcast last week. Generally, it looks like you guys all really enjoy the Finale and most of the season. A small number have some reservations about the way things ended, but for the most part, I think we're all pretty captivated by what's happened to Deb and Dexter this season, and particularly to Deb at the end there. Now, I talked about my general feelings about the season last week with Matt, Nick and Mike, but in case you missed that, or maybe you'd fallen asleep by the time I got round to sharing my broad views of the season. <laughs> I hope you didn't fall asleep. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I think we came up with some good stuff, even though I say so myself, uh, although most of it was probably from my three learned guests. Um, but I feel that the season started out incredibly strongly, unbelievably strongly, epic, with some of the best scenes and dialogue of the entire series. I also love the Speltzer storyline, and especially that wonderful kill scene, followed by yet another show-stopping scene between Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter outside the crematorium. The middle part of the season saw the pace slacken a little, a lot of the time spent on Dexter and Hannah, which was appropriate, in my opinion, given the importance of the relationship to our central character. The final act of the season built up to what I thought was a good finale. I found the phantom arsonist a bit distracting, but it seemed to be there to set up that moment where Dexter pulled away from a legitimate kill. The rejection of the Dark Passenger was fascinating, and opened up all manner of possibilities for future Dexter kills particularly the one he intended to do in the finale. Instead, though, they went with one of our early predictions for the season and had Deb kill LaGuerta. I really like how they did this, and as I said earlier, I'm chomping at the bit to find out where Deb and Dex go from here, find out what all this does to their characters and their relationship with each other. 
I can still see them moving into a very unique but ultra-close relationship, fueled by a, a, a very deep love, but not a romantic one. Right now, though, I would predict that this wouldn't last the season, perhaps as the effects of Dexter's life on Deb become ever more apparent, and he comes to the realisation that the only thing to save her is to let her go. I would also, of course, like to make special mention at this point of the unbelievable work by Jennifer Carpenter this season. I've sung her praises throughout, and if she doesn't get the Emmy this year, then, you know, screw the Emmys. <laughs> Put them on the kill table. <laughs> they're not worth the, uh, whatever the equivalent of the paper they're written on. <laughs> not worth the, the, the award they're written on. <laughs> but I, I, think, um, I think we can all agree that, that Jennifer's really pulled out all the stops this year. And, and what better than that final, those final few moments of the season... Just, just brilliant work. Michael C. Hall has also <clears throat> has also put in some really good work this season. Um, so, so credit to him. And I guess I should mention the the continuing journey of the character of Dexter Morgan, which you know you could argue it's 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 taken you know three steps forward, two steps back over the course of seasons five and six. Um, some would say maybe two steps forward, three steps back. And, you know, you could have a very reasonable argument for that. But this season, I, I think few can argue that his, his character journey has resumed in, in uh, at full pace. And he's, you know, he's teased with, with this notion of, of becoming human uh, before and kind of resigned himself to never being able to get there. But he's, he's as close to it as he's ever been. And, and maybe he achieved it a long time ago, and um, he's just having these realizations now that um, he is as as normal as perhaps he can ever be. And um, I don't know what am I trying to say here. Uh, uh, his rejection of the dark passenger was key um, to unlocking that humanity taking on, accepting the responsibility for what he's done. We've, well, listeners have, have sent in feedback, criticising him for the mistakes he's made, questioning him, questioning him opening up to Hannah like he has. And, you know, I've, I've counted it, and, uh, and they've talked about this on the wrap-up podcast as well, that he's become more human and humans make mistakes. So... You know, I, I'm I'm on board with that and him making mistakes, becoming more sloppy. I, I think that's all part and parcel of, of how his character has moved on away from that 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 efficient, calculating killer that we saw back in season one. He's it's a far cry from you know, the person he is now is a far cry from the person back then. So yeah, I'm I'm all aboard. <laughs> I hope most of you are too. Thanks very much, guys, for your feedback. Uh, some, some brilliant stuff this week, as every week. Next time on Dissecting Dexter. 
The next podcast won't focus on a specific episode because I'll be going over the top five moments of season seven as voted for by you, the discerning listeners of Dissecting Dexter. I've got quite a few... Sorry about that. I've got quite a few nominations in already, but there's still time to get your votes in. Drop me a line at dissectingdexter at gmail.com with your nominations, preferably ranked from one to five, with one being the best. I'd say if you can get them into me by the 6th of January, that would be great, and I'll do the podcast the week after. The season two rewatches will resume in the new year, maybe towards the end of January or early February, because I hope to have a bit of a podcasting break before I get back into it. I'm also quite hopeful of getting an interview or two in the new year, so always keep an eye on the Twitter feed, at DissectDexter, or on the Facebook page for news in that department. Okay, well I'll wrap things up here. Thanks very much for listening, and thanks very much for your feedback, not just for the finale, but throughout the season. Um, I know a lot of listeners just tune into this podcast uh, for the current seasons editions if you like for my reviews of what's airing at the moment and um, numbers kind of tail off uh, for the rewatches which is fine um, so you know if this is the last podcast that you listen to until season 8 then uh, thanks very much for joining us this autumn and uh, I hope you'll be back next year those of you that are sticking with me um, obviously we've got the top 5 podcasts coming up in a couple of weeks And the rewatches will resume, so um, I hope you'll stay with me and and continue sending in uh, your wonderful feedback. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and your support, as always. And until we dissect some more dissect, until we (laughs) dissect some more dissecting Dexter, you know what I mean. (laughs) I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, guys, and happy New Year.